Welcome to the So Live podcast. So Live is an educational nonprofit with a mission to make effective, non toxic cancer treatments more accessible to the public while promoting general health, wellness, and happiness. This podcast is an extension of that mission. Thank you from So Live. We're back in the recording studio. This is Shanna K. Kobe, and we have Tracy Keller in the house. Hello, Shanna. Today's topic is tell us what the topic is. Where does the authentic you hide? Well, this is a good one. Do you want to kick it off with some of your thoughts around it? So I was thinking when it comes to being authentic, have you ever been around someone who just really knows who they are Mm -hmm. and they have no problem being exactly who they are? You're so drawn. I know I am. Mm -hmm. I'm so drawn to that. There's a beauty and a um, just kind of an awe to that. There's a magnetism to it. Absolutely. Which makes me wonder... (laughs) I spent many, many years um, hiding from being authentic. I was wanted to be what I thought people needed me to be and would come from a place of, you know, always wanting to look perfect, say the right thing, um, you know, be who you needed me to be. And through the years of healing and walking this path of, truly finding like who I am on the inside and not what the whole world, you know, believes, I've realized that's the person that people really want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And it's the the one who, you know, when we're, when we're trying to be something or not, and it gets old real fast. And if you're around people like that, they come across, they can come across like that they really have it together and, and it looks really good. And you almost feel like, you can't be you either. <laughs> so I've, I feel like that is an area of that I've been walking out of. I also believe with all my heart, if you've struggled with this area of being authentic, it, it comes from a place of like we really want to feel safe. Yes. And we're trying to make the environment feel like it's a safe place to be. When we get in touch with you know, the beauty of who we really are and all of our little quirks and Mm -hmm. um, craziness. And we can begin to allow that part of us to show. Then we'll realize we really were safe all along. Yes. And that is, um, that's really what this journey is, is to know that our, our own safety is, is, is something from within and has nothing to do with how people or the world responds to us. But we are, raised or we grow up in a world or a culture or uh, everyone is whatever culture and you're you're believing your safety lies in how certain situations are certain how people respond to you so what i'm and then there are a mi- million different ways that each person or each, like groups of people search for safety and it sounds like the way you are searching for safety is to feel needed and so you're is that correct to, to feel needed and to um I think there was also something about um, it was in a strict upbringing is the perfection kept me out of trouble. Like if I could look perfect, be perfect and even in a family setting. Right. Then, you know, I wasn't in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I I do feel like it can serve like this develops over time of not being authentic, sometimes because of real life situations Mm -hmm. that are going on and we're trying to make a situation um, 
be what we need it to be to get through that certain part yes. of our life. Yes, for sure. And you're like, if you feel like the other foot's going to drop, like you're, if your dad, the other shoe was going to drop in some way, I don't know if that's the right saying, shoe right. or foot, whichever one, is going to drop and you're trying to prevent that from dropping, then you're compensating in some way, which is an inauthentic thing. Like the most authentic way to be is the no at our core that we're safe and to allow what expression wants to come through to come through. But that takes a high degree of inner work in order to be aligned from that place. And most of us, they're like, I know you're not not familiar, as familiar with Enneagram in terms of how it works. I know you've heard of it. But um, just for anyone who's listening, like the Enneagram is really helpful to understand your own compensating behaviors. And you can take a test online, the free online. And I always just advise not to get too caught up in what the test results say, like how they describe, like basically what it is, is it's telling you what your dominant type is. And within that dominant type, it shows like what your inclinations are, what it is that you value, what it in the ways in which you go to attain that value and, and value is basically equated to the way in which you define safety for yourself. And so we end up going about feeling safe in these incorrect ways, <laughs> like in these comp and it creates a compensation in us. And so again, just to kind of do a quick overview on the Enneagram and why I believe it is helpful is because it will help shed light on what your patterns are in which you can go and heal. You can focus on that type of healing. So you're not all over the place. I'm trying to figure out what it is you need to focus on. And um, but to utilize the Enneagram, how it's intended, which is not intended just to stay at the results and saying, I'm this type and this type is characterized in this way and the buck stops there. Like, no, it is actually meant for a healing, a healing tool and real true deep inner healing is about understanding where you're coming from which we talked a lot about and because that's the easiest way to describe the process is if you're coming from um, some sort of lack perspective that creates a sense of unsafety and then we try to create what we perceive will give us safety and that is the compensating behavior so if you utilize the tool or any type of personal growth or inner growth from that perspective you'll start to heal the compensating behaviors which are taking you out of alignment with who you truly are. What are some of the steps that you recommend, like when someone, you know, takes this test and mm -hmm. they, they're like, okay, this is where you are. What are some of your steps of helping them walk that out? Yeah, sure. So like for me, I, I utilize it just to help them understand, bring awareness to what it is that like what their behaviors are. And then I actually try to help them understand like the kind of the bigger picture of like, um, like why that behavior exists and what you're trying to get out of the behavior, like you're trying to create the safety, but showing the falsity in the way in which you're trying to create that safety. So like um, we had talked about in a past episode, it's like a dog chasing its tail in terms of trying to find fulfillment or safety or salvation. We're going about it in an incorrect method. And so if I can shed light on the fact that that's what the pattern's doing and also a lot of times people have accumulated hurt around their perceptions of um, of whatever that pattern, like the way people respond to the pattern or don't respond to or what that pattern is trying to serve. It's trying to keep them safe. And if they haven't felt safe in a certain way, they've picked up a, a hurt and then they're blaming like outwardly onto 
the person they perceive as hurting them, and then I'm trying to shed a light on how they have power over whether they can, whether they're truly hurt or not. And so it's always about bringing that healing within, and it, that always points back to like, where are you coming from? So again, healing that lack of belief and healing that that thing that's that's putting into motion this compensating behavior. And so like the as we heal it, those compensating behaviors get short, like start to drop away and we get shored up into a deeper truth. And then we start to um, interact in the world in a freer place, right? Because right. you're like true freedom, what we talked about in the beginning of the show, true, true freedom is expressing without contraction, without um, without a fear of how someone's going to respond to it, right? right? And so that allows an expression to be more natural and to be um, more of who we are without worrying about a response to an opinion of it or a, a, some sort of response to it. And as we get to know who, as we, we've talked about this before, as we get more comfortable with the truth of who we are, then we we're just more comfortable in the world and then mm -hmm. people are more comfortable being around us yes because we're not putting on that show exactly exactly and it's it there's so much um i think i think there's so much that can be gained from understanding what these behaviors are in ourselves because they're unconscious we unconsciously are That's run right. by them um because it's like it's fear-based, right? And so something kicks it into gear, something triggers it into gear, whatever our trigger points are. If it was like whatever it was that was making you unsafe in those certain moments, it's kicking it into gear as to how to maintain that safety through that situation, whether it's navigating it by, um, oh, you know, you, you can perceive that the other shoe might drop in this certain way. So I'm going to navigate this certain way to prevent that from occurring. Right. That's an overcompensation or that's a compensation, whether it's over or under, whatever. It right. is like it's a compensation for safety, for not knowing a safety that comes from within, but trying to create it through our external right. environment. And the same with like um, trying to show up in a perfect way. Like, um, I don't know, like what were your examples? It was like a, you were in a group, like another, was it another mom or another wife or like a... Someone that was, oh, someone that had it together, right? That's what right, it was. Right, 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 right. Yeah, when you're around other people that you, it just, it feels like they've got it all together. Mm -hmm. And so you want. You but, want the, but the only reason you're feeling, we are feeling, because I have my own stuff too. Like the only way, the only reason we're feeling unsafe in that moment is because we think like whatever we are judging, like we're basically putting a judgment on ourselves because we think they're judging us right? right so it's all a projection from within our own mind and if we can start to understand where our own projections our own projected judgment is coming from then we start to heal that as well and then even if someone is judging us it's really not picking up on our radar because we are not coming right. from that space right. right and i think it's just like like that person that has, even if that, if you're like, oh, that person appears to have it all together, but I can feel something's off. Like then you clean up like even your judgment of that. Right. right? And right. so because <laughs> maybe that like there was like a, a sense of superiority, a feeling of specialness or superiority that was helping us to feel safe in that moment. Like, oh, well, they look like they have it together, but they really don't. And I do in this certain way. I'm not <laughs> yes. saying you did that, but I'm just saying like that's a pattern as well that keeps us safe. Like a superiority pattern will try to keep us safe as well. Absolutely. So it's just like 
the the unraveling of these patterns is is really important because we just get unconsciously run by them and then when we're in relationship with others who have their own things it's like that's usually what's creating all the clashes or maybe that's creating what works because you've matched up your different compensating patterns in a way that work but that's right that's right <laughs> but it, it it is just like so important in my opinion to understand them if we want to feel free in ourselves if we want to feel like we can walk into any situation and know we're safe because we feel it from within instead of trying to create it in our external environment right. or and i think too with this whole concept of safety and um people choosing like who they are like who like the things they want to do in the world like you always bump up against what's comfortable. It, it's like the best example I can say. It's like there's a certain threshold that you're going to hit that you're not going to put yourself in a situation with those type of people. Like let's in it, whatever those type of people are <laughs> to you. But it's kind of interesting if you start to really like go within and figure out how can I be safe in any room? How can I feel safe in like like if I'm not a country club play person, how can I feel safe in a country club? If I'm not in the in the San Francisco tech industry, how can I feel safe if I was in the room of all these tech gurus? Like how, how can I feel safe in any situation? Like most what, of and what does that yeah. look like? What, what does, does that even yeah, look like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And most of us are just operating in our lives in the ways that feel comfortable and safe. But so sometimes we bump against the wall and we like maybe that turns us inward to look at like, oh, what what what, what was what, really going on? Yeah, here? what was really going on here? And then sometimes we've created our life so much that we're not bumping up against those those walls that we're never really looking at it, you know? Right. So it's really interesting. It's like true safety is being able to be in any scenario and not wait for them to put you at ease. But you're just at ease with yourself. You know, I have an aunt that when I was I was probably in my teens she was so wise. And she had told me, you know, if you ever walk into a party and you're like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm in jeans and they're all in dresses. And she's like, if you just hold your head up and know who you are, everyone else will think they got the wrong dress code. <laughs> That's and awesome. I, I have always remembered that, you know, when we can walk in who we really are and we're not trying to live up to everyone's expectations, that there's just this freedom. Yes. And we come out of this you know, exhaustion of mm -hmm. trying to um, carry ourselves a, a certain way. But that, that always stuck with me. That's great. No, I love that example. And I know like um, there's just the concept of owning it, right? Like as we, and you see that with people who are free of themselves, they, they own their hot messness. They own yeah. their like togetherness. They, they don't try to conceal the hot mess to show the togetherness. They make um, a joke about whatever the quote unquote hot mess part of themselves is. And then all of a sudden, like, you're just like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's neat. Right. She, that's how she. That's how she is. That's how he is, and they're comfortable with it. Why do I have a problem with it? Right. And so it really is just like as simple as as owning. When we own these things in ourselves too, it stops that really weird project projection machine in our mind going on. Like, and it stops your like navigating to try to conceal those parts of ourselves. It's like we put the light on it and. Mm -hmm. We've, we expose it for ourselves and then nobody else, we can't be found out. Yes, but making sure you're not doing that through a compensation. <laughs> <laughs> because that's something that I think um, self-deprecation works that way too. I think people self-deprecate to protect themselves or like, you know, like, so you've got to, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be like, real. Where did that really yeah, come from? Where did it come from? Are, are you, that's, you know, because I think like, that's just a whole nother level of compensation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whew. 
And so it really is just like being able to hold that mirror on yourself, hold that mirror of like, oh my gosh, where am I coming from? Um, and even like there's, it's in so many different ways. It could be someone who's feels safe when they have attention on them. So the compensation is to always have attention on them, to always be on. And then if you ask them to relax, like, let's just say like for like a, like in a client session, like not yeah. like in a party situation, but if you're like, wow, like you have this thing running in you that you feel like you always have to be on for people to be, um, having attention, like to feel safe. You basically are being on to feel safe. Like then that's a compensation. Yes. yes. You can still be funny, but let's change where it's coming from. So again, we're going back to, you know, are we operating out of that place of love? Or are we operating out of a place of fear? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, some people like the funny person might not be willing to give it up because it's like done so much for their identity. But I would say they still get to be funny if they clear, if they heal where they're coming from. And like it happens, we've talked about it too, like two sides of the same coin. These are all two sides of the same coin. But another one is like those who avoid and those who confront. And so... Someone who avoids is someone who's scared the other shoe's going to drop. And so we get small and we try to, like, not cause a problem or we try, you know, we're avoiding confrontation. We're like, that's the worst thing ever. That's a disruption to our peace. And so we're actually trying to control our, this is me, actually. So No, we, I'm right <laughs> along that same line. We actually try to control our outer environment to create a sense of peace by avoiding confrontation, by and if we are a variable that could create confrontation, we will do what we can to make sure that that one variable we can control is not a problem. We'll be like, our needs will be very quieted. That's our, right. Yeah, and we'll be very contented with whatever is provided in the situation. We won't make a big deal about anything. And it because it's more fearful for there to be a confrontation than for us to get what we think we need. Like, I don't know, you know, like it could be simple things. It could be... Um, Maybe your coffee order isn't perfect, but you're like, I don't really want to go and make a big deal about changing right. it. And so you just like, oh, I'll just deal with this right now. And like in so many different ways. And, and you know, I hadn't thought about it until you you and I had talked about this, of it being, because I've always look, looked up to those that aren't afraid to confront. Mm -hmm. But I never looked at it in the eyes of, well, that is actually how they are They're feeling. Yes. Like, because... Um, Oh, I have a lot to say on that. Okay, so like the person who is willing to confront is actually can be a form of this is all based on where you're coming from, because this is right. all can be positive in both scenarios if you're coming from a solid place. But if you're coming from a compensating place, like so let's just say the person who is not afraid to confront, well, they're actually like feeling like they're controlling the situation more by confronting because they fear something can be taken from them if someone wins that confrontation. Right. So like the need to be right is more important to them than to avoid the confrontation. Whereas in my scenario, our scenario, the, the need to avoid the confrontation is more important than the need to be right. Right. And so that's another thing going back to the Enneagram that's really interesting is you start to see like which each dominant type in the Enneagram, there's nine different dominant types. You can start to see what the values are that each one holds. And so if I value peace and then I'm like in relationship, friendship, whatever, with someone who values like protecting themselves in that very like confrontational way. And I'm just not understanding. I'm like judging like what they're trying to do. I'm like, well, why are they, why are they being so confrontational? How come they just can't be chill? How come they can't just be gentle or how come they can't be accepting of it? But really you have to like, look, like, let's take it as apples, apples to apples if their value is that they need to be right and my value is I need to avoid confrontation, those are the same two apples. 
right you know and so it's different if i'm if we're truly coming from a deeper place of peace and i can just be in a more accepting place of i'm accepting of what the situation is and guess what it's not leading to any judgment of what this other person is trying to get that's right. a that's actually the stronger place to come from the more healed that is the healed place to come from so often it can look it can look the same mm-hmm. um but it, again it goes back to what what where is where is it coming from exactly and so again this is like why it's so important to do to do our inner work and like and it just the benefit is that it offers us that freedom to not like feel like you know, for those who avoid confrontation, to not get your heart racing if you think that the confrontation's on the horizon, you know? <laughs> and for those that feel the need to confront, it's for them to chill out and trying to control the situation and to be at more peace and knowing, like, oh, like, I'm safe. And you can feel that shift. Like, I have. I yes. felt the shift of, like, you know, I need to speak up right now. And, it's and, and, and you know, I like peace and I'm like... Yeah. But there's times where I'm able to, because I am operating in a more authentic place now um and i can do it without getting um upset or raising my voice Mm -hmm. um just coming from this place of honor yes of like honoring who i am not of um backing down Mm -hmm. or blowing up Mm -hmm. yes exactly and where you're coming from is what determines what you know the energy that's behind what you're doing and saying right and that's what's so important it's not to say that you're never going to say anything it's to say like why are you saying something is it because you feel unsafe or are you actually like feeling so safe and so strong that you need to say something because it's the right next thing to do right and that's the alignment that we each want to get to and as we go up the turn of the spiral on our on our individual growth and our spiritual awakening it actually, um, we would technically go beyond the compensating behaviors of the of the Enneagram, and we would be able to, like, let's say, like, when we're in a healed space, if it's more natural for us to be gentle versus, let's say, fierce. I would use, when you're healed, you're fierce, not confrontational, right? And um, you would be able to be either or, depending on what the situation is calling for. So you would be fluid, given what the situation right. is calling you're for. in the flow. Yes, and... Um, and so that's outside of a habitual thing. So when you go up the turn of the spiral in your spiritual awakening, you get outside of your unconscious habits. You get outside of your habits you've consciously created, and you get to be more fluid with a movement of higher intelligence that's flowing through you. So if the situation requires you to be in a more fierce state because that's how you're going to get through to the person or the people or whatever in this particular situation, then you are. But if you're in a different group or with a different person who gentleness is going to be the best way, then gentleness is what's going to come through. Because you're hearing from that inner voice. Mm-hmm. You're exactly. not reacting. Exactly. It's, there's no reaction in it. A truly healed person, there's no reaction. It is all a response, an impulse of the soul, a movement of the soul. And so to me, that's why this is important to do the inner work, because I want to become more attuned to live in that way. I want to be like a really fine-tuned instrument to be of use in those moment-to-moment situations. I'm not there right now, but I feel the conviction of what is possible, and that's why I see the benefit of it, and that's why I feel like... It's and there's moments, yeah. there's moments that, that we are there. You yes, know, like yes, Where yes. you can feel that, you know, I call it Holy Spirit mm-hmm. operating. Yes. And you're moving in that and you're not trying. Exactly. And like, 
and that's perfect. I, I was saying like, there is a time in our awakening that we get stabilized in that energy. And I've been around, I've seen it. I've seen it in close relationship with one of my, with one of my mentors and another, another person that as a mentor of mine. And, um, it's very rare, but it's, it's, it's possible. And so that's what I'm looking, I'm like pointing towards is the stabilization in that movement. But yes, right now, of course, and just like this, there's a simple prayer in A Course in Miracles that I think really perfectly positions us to be in that service, open, open vessel for being used in those ways. And it's as simple as, God, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And to whom? And I just like kind of like add in like, I'm here to be a servant of yours. I am open and available and then kind of go through that. And then I don't really, I don't think about it like as I'm going through my day, like, oh, is this the thing I was supposed to do? No, I just like see what happens, you know? And it's really, it's kind of cool because um, I think this was like some movements that were going through me like that here recently when I was, uh, I was traveling and I was in San San Francisco for just like one day, but I happened to be, I didn't rent a car. So I was like in using Uber. So I was like in the car with different Uber drivers and different things like that. And I was staying at a hotel. So there was like hospitality staff that I was interacting with. And once I went to, um, sit at a bar and there was a bartender that I was like still service oriented, I was interacting with. But I felt like there were these like super beautiful, genuine moments of connection. Just I was just being me and I wasn't like thinking anything of it. But like once I got into the car with an Uber driver and she was from Brazil, but had been in San Francisco for like a year working and she her English wasn't perfect, but she was talking to me. And of course, I was talking to her and she was just like so genuinely just like, thank you so much for talking to me. Like sometimes people get in and they're just playing on their phone or they're sleeping and and like you were you were talking to me and I was just like, oh my God. Like it was just like, you were being genuinely Yeah. I was just, it was such a beautiful moment. And then like when I was talking to the hotel staff, they were just like, I know they're, they're in the hospitality industry and I know they're go over the top, but there's just like these like moments of like genuine connection. And definitely with like the, the bartender that I had mentioned, he was like great at what he did. I'm sure he made amazing tips because he was so personable, but it felt real and it felt genuine. And like when we left, he like, walked around the bar to give me a hug. It was like, oh. you know, it was just like these, I just think like there's these, all these like beautiful moments. And I think that's what it is. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be tangible. It can just be open to what wants to flow through and right. the energy that wants to flow through. And maybe it's like you say say something that comes through. Maybe like hearing this podcast stuff's coming through that that is rippling out into a service and a seed that helps someone. You know, like right. I just think the idea is that if you you're holding your intention to be of service and like that's a great prayer just to be simply just simply open to it. Absolutely. And then when we're operating in that place, that's where connection happens. Mm-hmm. When we're operating out of that place of oh, I've got to look a certain way, I've got to be a certain way. What do they need? Um, but not in a sense of, you know, feeling the need through. It's actually um, like just to be sometimes harsh words help us to snap out of it. It's actually quite self-absorbed. Right. And so, right. you know, like if we're trying to create our own sense of safety, that's a really self-absorbed. And you know, like to me, I just think those harder words help because most people are like, I don't want to be self-absorbed. I want to be of service. Right. I like that because it does. It, help, it helps you just kind of snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so really it is because we're all about trying to make ourselves feel safe. We're all about trying to secure, feel secure and however makes sense for us. But that's why this inner work is so important. It's sh- it, like 
gets rid of all that self-absorbedness and our big chunks of it or like right. whatever. And it shifts our perspective and we're just going to that overflow state and that overflow state is where that energy can just flow through in, in those beautiful connective mo- moments. Can whatever, happen. Yeah, whatever wants right. to come through can come through. That's right. That's right. Did you ever see the movie Hitched with Will Smith? Uh, I did a long time ago. So I, this always comes up when I think about being authentic. And I was actually talking to God about my own, um, you know, how do I step into that? Like, who am I really? And the picture that came up was, I think his name was Hal, that was getting the beautiful girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Will Smith was trying to make him into someone that the beautiful girl would want. Oh, yeah. And so he would tell him, like, you know, oh, don't ever dance like that again. Like, uh-huh. no, you can't do that. And you don't don't ever eat in front of her like that. But he was so authentic, he just kept doing who he was. Right. And she fell in love yes, with who he was. I remember that now. And yes. so often we, you know... Will Smith was playing the role of if you want this girl, you've got to you got to act a certain way. You got to be. And she was so drawn to the real person. Mm-hmm. And in life, we we're so drawn to real people. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. And I just like hope that like more and more of us get that so that we can just see the the benefit and the purpose for right. being free in ourselves. Just being free. That is what we're like here to learn and be. <laughs> That's it. It goes back to that being yes instead of doing i know we're always caught in in the doing because the doing is the comp like the actual compensating fact uh the compensating behavior is the doing like what are we doing like even if you have thing goals that you're going for like sometimes that's based in a compensation a lot of times it's based in a compensation and so if you can heal that compensation it actually purifies the energy going into the goal and the expression of it. That's right. Because it alleviates all the, I'm trying to get this out of it to fill this, and it just get becomes more purified. Because I'm pouring. This, this yeah. is coming to me. Yeah. It's such yeah. an inside-out approach. Yes. Yes, yes. It's just constantly. We're going to always talk about that because that is so true, and that is what we are here to like share and plant those seeds more and more and more. But yeah. I think that probably like wraps up like today's con- the, today's topic on... um on hiding the authentic you and uh, we hide it through all of all of these compensating behaviors so i encourage you to be willing to become aware of of your own compensations and the enneagram is helpful on doing that and just like self-reflection self-awareness self-inquiry and and shifting where you're coming from because that's really what the root of it is is shifting coming from fear to love from lack to abundance and that is what is going to heal you and heal how you experience life. And it's also going to ripple out and change like how we collectively experience life. That's right. So it's all service, all purpose, and it's all beneficial on an individual and collective level. That's beautiful. All right. See y'all next time. So Live takes a holistic approach in that mind, consumption, and movement is your strongest ally in creating the mental and physical wellness you desire. Join us on this journey of sharing the best tips, insights, and expert advice we've come across. Thank you from SoLive. For more information, go to soliveinc.org.